Coming to you live from the driver's seat of a J.D. Power & Associates award-winning best-in-class imaginary midsize sedan, I'm Bobby Pape, and this trip has everything, including sunscreen, so you can hang your arm out the window without getting an uneven trucker tan, a little cooler full of ice cold Diet Coke and Red Pop, a gallon-sized Ziploc bag full of our favorite homemade Chex Mix, here's a hint, our secret recipe is printed on the box, and more, here to join me on the open road Riding shotgun, figuratively, and looking out for speed traps is the one and only Meredith, the Dutch baby, don't ask my age, in an introductory professional conversation, Van Harn. Good morning, Meredith. <laughs> Good morning. Now I'm going to have to tell that story. <laughs> <laughs> and spread out in the back seat, popping off his legs and grooming a shaggy dog story for when we get so far out of range that even AM sports talk radio can't come in clearly. It's my fellow trained and ready contact tracer. Mike, the jail dude Frizzell. Good morning, Mike. Good morning, Bobby. I stand ready to serve the country. Let's go. I know we're, we're gonna we're gonna keep this thing together one way or another. Happy uh, is happy the right way to say Memorial Day coming out on Memorial Day weekend. Uh, thank you to all of those who made the ultimate sacrifice for a free and democratic country. Sorry that we have squandered it. Uh, Sorry, the uh, the MAGA pentathlon's still running in my head. <laughs> really sorry for what we're, we've done with. Th- thank yeah. you for the gift, and we just are shitting all over it. So. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, we are going to start an occasional series on this very special edition of this show has everything. Uh, a summer road trip uh, for the age of quarantine. More on that in a few minutes. First, uh, we'll do some small talk, followed by the introduction to our road trip series. Tishi recommends, as always, housekeeping and how to get involved, uh, starting in small talk with uh, something I know nothing about. Uh, Mike, what the hell is tie knot? Well, um, we have to have some small talk, and none of us are really getting out of the house very much. Um, Bobby, maybe a little more so, which I'm, you're going to talk about in a bit. But uh, I think I left the house twice this week. Maybe three times, but one of them was eventful. Uh, I had fed all the animals, and it was like 5.30, and, and Emily decided uh, that she would like some some Thai food from um, one of uh, her favorite places. And, you know, they're open for pickup and delivery, but um, pickup's better if you're available to do it because you, you know you're going to get it fresh. You're not fourth on the on the route uh so i went to get the thai food um it took about 45 minutes which was okay they said 35 it took 45 i don't mind that the problem is when i went in to pick up the food at about the 30 minute mark because you're always optimistic that you know maybe it'll be ready a little bit earlier than they said and uh, she was like no it's gonna be another 15 20 minutes or something and that's fine. I, I paid and I looked at their, they had this uh, system of four uh, racks. One of them was like regular paid for takeout, you know, prepaid takeout. Um, one of them was, was uh, DoorDash, one of them was uh, Grubhub, and then one of them was whatever. I mean, these places are popping up all over doing these delivery things. So the, the, the girl... I say girl, she's probably in her 20s, but um, who was running the front was supposed to be taking the the takeout bags and putting them on the the proper racks. She put 
Every time she would bring a bag out, she'd put it on the same rack. I think it was like the the DoorDash one. And everybody that was waiting in the lobby for any kind of delivery would have to go up and look. And my my personal problem is that I, I had to go look every time too because um, even though I thought our order was going to be smaller than a lot of these orders, every time the only the only thing I could hear when this girl talked when she would yell out something it would sound like Ellie and it was of course going to be under Emily's name hey I, I have no idea what she's saying okay so compounding the frustration are two things I hear perfect perfect English being spoken in the back by all kinds of people at least the the curse you know kitchen uh English cursing is what I'm saying so that was all going on <laughs> Um, please let's take someone who can run the thing up front and run it. Cause this is all these orders are like 40, 50 bucks and people are walking out with other people's food. It's a nightmare. Um, but what made it the worst experience was the, the dining room, um, is a, in a massive stone, um, uh, strip mall is it but but the it's like two stories and like one and a half of the stories uh on the west side of the building is a window and it it opens in on a massive a dining space which is now a a standing like a bunch of assholes six feet away and then everyone going one at a time to see whatever she just put out and you're like, eh. anyway they because there's nobody eating in the dining room there's nobody complaining that they haven't pulled down the screens at 6.30 at night on a 98-degree Austin day. So the sun is just beating down on us poor bastards. And we're at the mercy of... I mean, everything's bagged up beautifully. And if you read every receipt, you'll you'll get... Uh, you know, you could easily look at a bag and see a couple things that you'd ordered and go, oh, yeah, it's me, and go. But... We're all standing there just sweltering in place, just sweltering and sweltering until finally, you know, we I, I at least got mine because uh, I'm I'm really paranoid about that. There's nothing that pisses me off more than getting home and seeing that, you know, we haven't gotten what we wanted or, you know, especially Emily. I'll eat anything pretty much. But when she wants something, she wants something. So um, there, there's my uh, terrible uh, tie knot experience. This is a situation where I feel like the customers should have all banded together and like yes. appointed a representative yeah. to go up there Lance. and read the things and call out the actual right, name. Right, right. <laughs> Steve. And then you needed a designated like, um, you know, uh, window. It uh, was approaching an emergency right? situation. Yeah, it was, you know, it was getting mm -hmm. critical for everyone in there who was hungry or had a hungry spouse or you know, need to make a delivery and would like to get a tip uh, by delivering the correct food within an hour right. and a half. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, you're right. I wasn't going to be that hero because clearly I've already, you know. Uh, well, yeah, you've sacrificed right. so much. Sure. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, this reminds me of a few weeks ago. I, I think I told the story on the show when I went in to get Chinese food at this one place that was cash only and it was such a clusterfuck that after an hour, I finally just left. I, I went up to the counter and said, I, nope, the, the the slips were all just a giant jumbled mess on a counter, on a back counter. And they were sort of 
filling orders as they would find a slip that matched food that was ready. <laughs> and Ugh. and I and I was just like, nope. I gave up. I never paid you, and I'm done waiting. And there's way too many people in this small space. And something tells me that you're not going to accidentally make an extra order of General Tso's mm. chicken and not have a place to put it. Like I'm, I'm not going to be the cause of food waste because I'm giving up on this order at this point. <laughs> so, no. yeah, we got an extra order of egg rolls, and and I think it was because. I had heard a guy storm out. (laughs) (laughs) Just threw it out in somebody else's bag. Yeah, I think think what they were doing was he probably had a bunch of items. And then if they saw that you'd ordered an item, they just threw an extra one in there, you know. That's classic high school. Uh, The coffee shop I worked at was owned by the same family that owned a pizzeria a couple doors down. And it was a real mystery why half an hour before close... They'd get a pickup order call for a pizza that just magically wouldn't get picked up. And then at the end of the night, I mean, somebody had to take that pizza home. Darn. Yeah. A real shame. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. uh, No waste. (laughs) Uh, Thank you for the transition, though, Mike, because speaking of those poor bastard delivery drivers, uh, I took my first run ever at being one of those poor bastard delivery drivers this week. Uh, I was looking around for some side work because... um, uh, you'll all be shocked to know that working in the arts is a little bit slow right now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we're advertising our ne- maybe next year event. Yeah, yeah. Maybe <laughs> next year is very much the way we're all approaching this right now. Uh, I work in contemporary music, so small ensembles, small audiences. Theoretically, we are actually more ready to come back sooner. <laughs> than the big groups, but uh, it's going to be a while. And so I just thought, I, I got to keep myself busy. It, it, a little extra money is nice, but more than anything, I just got to get the hell out of the house. Um, and I've always said that if I was uh, unemployed, if I found a spot where I was between jobs, I would drive for Lyft because I, I like people and, and I like sitting in the car and, you know, I could easily enjoy that while I'm making, you know, moderate, low to moderate money. Uh, but thanks to COVID, not exactly wild about the thought of having random people in my car also that that business Mm -hmm. mostly dried up yeah too uh and then i thought about you know doordash and the 800 uh you know grubhub and uh uh, foyer feast and all those other uh you know i have not heard about that one is that like a one for kitty cats Uh, really fancy kitty cats that that one's that one's still coming (laughs) I gotta go. Uh, you can learn more about Foyer Feast at momsonthe.net. Mm, um, but <laughs> then I discovered this this delivery app called GoPuff, which I had not heard of until I saw that they had just recently come to Buffalo, and I saw it in the in the paper on the app. I mean, not not old man reading the paper, but whatever. And I was like, GoPuff, that's weird. So I look into it, and GoPuff is a convenience store delivery, basically. They have a warehouse, so you don't have to go into a restaurant and wait with all the dumbasses in the hot Thai sun. Uh, yeah. You just you go to the same place over and over again, and they pre-prep the bags, and somebody just throws it in your car. And then you go, and you just leave it on somebody's doorstep and call them and say, hey, your GoPuff's here. And uh, despite the name, it is not a weed delivery service, but they are open. Yeah, I wouldn't want you leaving that on the doorstep. I'd like you to ring the bell, please. Yeah, like I'd like a to sign for this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Switch over <laughs> exactly. the handcuffs. signature on that one. Thanks. Uh, they do sell uh, late night snacks. So I do believe there is an adjacent uh, market share there. <laughs> with the, uh... Do you guys have legal weed there? 
Uh, no, not yet. Not yeah. New York State. No. I mean, that doesn't matter, but just curious. In some places, GoPuff does sell booze and cigarettes. Uh, and ours doesn't, but we do sell vape like supplies, like vape pen paraphernalia. And so I had one order on my first night where it was a vape-related thing, and I had to scan somebody's driver's license to to show that they were an adult. And the app does it. Mm. And it was actually pretty slick. So I, I got this in my head, like, okay, I'll take an eight-hour shift. I'll load up a ton of podcasts and some music, and I'll just drive around all day. It was gorgeous out. I did this on Wednesday or Thursday afternoon and evening, and I worked at 4.30 to midnight. And I made 20 deliveries and made like a hundred bucks, but then I also made a hundred dollar bonus because I made like a number, a certain number of deliveries and got a new driver bonus. And I was like, yeah, okay. So even though it's wear and tear on the car and a little bit of gas, I had a lot of fun actually just driving mm -hmm. around suburban Buffalo all day, dropping these bags off. Um, uh, and I learned very quickly that some people are great tippers and a lot of people are shitty tippers, but I kind of already knew that. But uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, go puff. Uh, they don't even deliver to our house yet because they don't come into the city that far. But uh, all your snack needs. I I'm going to do it again. I get another shift on Monday. And I'm finally catching up because I've been behind on my podcasts because Sam and I are both home together. And podcasts are my thing. So I don't like to play them out loud, super loud when other people are around in the house. And so it's so great to just get out and go like just barely interact with other people. It was just enough to be mildly social. Mm hmm. The only downside I had is I put on a fresh pair of like cheap disposable gloves every time I dropped someone's bag off. I thought it'd be a nice touch that they saw that I wasn't like manhandling their stuff. Um, and I wore so many gloves. And mm -hmm. so I just bought a pair of gloves, uh, like tactical delivery gloves or whatever, black gloves to wear next time. But yeah, I am now a delivery driver. All my education and work experience made me a delivery <laughs> driver. <laughs> I've been there, brother. Hey, it's work. It's a hustle. It's unprecedented times, TM. Exactly. Uh, in my Toyota, no less. Mm -hmm. uh, Meredith, I if you wanted me to cut that out of the intro, you don't have to tell this story. I just thought it was funny. No, it is funny. And I'll tell there's literally nothing going on in my life except for work. And work is bonkers. I, my job is not usually stressful, but it has been pretty stressful the last couple of months and it's not because of working at home i love that part of it but it's just because of the the just covid related watching, research watching frenzy. movies all day <laughs> I wish. painting your nails yeah drinking. just trying to pass the time uh, and collect a paycheck no we're, we're all working furiously and we have to prioritize covid research but we also have all these doctors who aren't doing their normal stuff like dermatologies you know they're their, their offices are closed and uh -huh. they're not going to be able to help COVID patients. So they're all like, oh, this research that I did three years ago, I can finally start looking at that and write a paper. And so these people are all uh. coming back to me <laughs> and saying, hey, you know, this thing that you don't remember doing, I need you to do this little tweak or, you know, whatever. Um, or they're starting new research or it's just, it's just, it's, it's compounded busyness and it's it's been it's been kind of stressful and people I, I don't know if it's because the people I work with who are mostly doctors are, are their nerves are frazzled but I think we're all kind of getting frazzled and but I had this kind of moment of just I'm, I'm not going to call it levity because it wasn't great but it was so bizarre that I just had to I told my whole team about it at our our weekly um, phone meeting and and what happened was that I was on the phone with a resident. He was a cardiology resident, and I'm going to be somewhat vague. 
Um, he was working on a COVID project, so I, I have to prioritize those. So I was working on it. He's very um, anxious to get this thing published. I'm like, okay, fine. Um, I get it. Uh, we need to get that, that research out there. So he's in a hurry and he was kind of like rushing me along and rushing me along. And we're kind of frantically trying to get this, this figured out and done. And, and so we're talking on the phone, which I actually, we don't usually have to even do. I, I can conduct most of my work via email, but we were talking on the phone and before we were wrapping it up and before we were getting ready to hang up, he goes, Hey, by the way, um, how old are you? And I said, um, sorry, what, <laughs> what does that have to do with anything? And he goes, oh, I just, you know, I'm just trying to, um, I can't, we can't meet in person. So I just need to be able to picture who I'm working with. And I said, <laughs> I don't remember Jesus. exactly what I said, but I sort of, um, I sort of rebuffed him a little bit and I laughed and I said, well, I've been doing this since 2009. So I, I'm old enough to know what I'm doing. So don't worry about mm -hmm. it. And I sort of tried to cut it off there. And yeah. he didn't see, I don't know if he knows that that was rude or not, but he has my cell phone number because I'm working from home and I don't have a work phone. And so he's been texting me nonstop since then. Oh boy. So I'm going to have to, I don't know, block him when this project is over. <laughs> it's just, mm. it's so weird because, um, I, I was, I mentioned this in our big chat and Phyllis made a good point that he probably would never ask a man how old he was. Like, I can't see why, why he would do this to begin with, but I can't imagine him asking a, a male biostatistician o how old he was. Only in the, in the case of it being a male, I think it might be just an ignorant, um, search for a confidence statement. Like, have they assigned me a, a fresh out of college boy here? I, I want someone more experienced. I don't Maybe, know. Maybe. Yeah. But when the, when it's a woman, you just can't do it even even if that's what you mean and even if that were appropriate you can't do it don't do it stalk meredith on the internet like everyone else that's did. what i Jesus said just Christ. facebook stalk me like a normal person <laughs> it's not hard God. just awful and it's been giving me the creeps ever since and i'm not responding to his text over the weekend they are about work he's not asking me weird shit but i i'm not gonna i don't work on on the weekends and i'm not going to engage with him about it. So that was my weird work story. Um, I've been doing this, like I said, since 2009, I'm not a spring chicken at this job. And that is a new, that's a new one for me. Well, I guess that's fine. But if he starts asking what you're wearing, we're going to need an update. <laughs> I'll keep you posted. <laughs> Only the finest that... of pajamas. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's your, well, they're your work pajamas. Yes. I mean, you worked from home for so long. I'm sure you've got quite a selection. I do. I do. We'll go to the mailbag. Uh, we got a few pieces of uh, sort of throw your phone and regular mail this week. And then we got a whole lot of responses to our question of the week on what events uh, you listeners would add to our quarantine Olympics. Uh, but we should start with the mailbag to throw your phone moments. I got a couple of uh, a couple here. One needs an explanation. And then Meredith, you're going to bring home a really great one. First, we got listener Bet, who must have been responding to our talk about the National Anthem at Hockey Games when she says, sitting in my office singing, Oh Canada, hugging my phone, go Sabres. Yes, Bet. Mm -hmm. Too bad they're terrible. But I love them too. Uh, then we have a friend of the family here, Matt. Listener Matt. He's a listener. He confirmed that to me in this email. Uh, Matt is Anne's brother. 
and this needs a little bit of context. We were talking on Tuesday night about our forthcoming road trip, and we were talking about uh, movies for reasons that will become apparent momentarily. And um, we were trying to figure out a movie that featured Vermont. And after a few minutes, we started talking about Super Troopers, and of course also Super Troopers 2. How could you forget? And uh, Anne uh, insisted that not only had she never seen Super Troopers and would never see Super Troopers, <laughs> uh, but the- I saw, I saw, I watched. How much musical did I? <laughs> Come on now! Hey, there we go. Pop culture challenge. Super Troopers. Yes. <laughs> Ooh, no, I don't. I don't want it. <laughs> it's not worth it. Uh. <laughs> At some point, she said that even Matt, even her brother Matt, would not watch something as terrible uh, as Super Troopers. And she she insisted, and she said she would bet us $1,000 that Matt has not seen Super Troopers. And then the conversation moved on, and thank God nobody took that bet, because that's a lot of money for any of us. Uh, but I couldn't let it go, so I emailed Matt. <laughs> and I said, hey, look, Ann bet us this. Could you just tell me? Because I just want to be right. <laughs> you know, I just I want to prove Ann wrong. Uh, we we never get a chance to prove Anne wrong, so it would be nice to you just for once. And Matt wrote back a long email, and I've excerpted it here. He writes, hope you didn't put too much money on it, because I'm about to say those three little words you love to hear, and was right. Oh. Yep, of course she was. Oh. <laughs> however. Not for long. However, parenthetically, my, Meredith and I, have been trying to come up with a good stoner movie, so thanks for the perfect idea. Smiley emoji. And didn't she Matt. say he would never watch it? So that I mean, we're kind of yeah. half right. Yep, sure, we'll get there. So it's a push. Matt, just know that that Super Troopers is so good that the only film that co-host Bobby and I have ever attended together was Super Troopers Two, and uh, it was it was even better. It's true. So they're wonderful. I envy you that you haven't seen um, <laughs> the Super Troopers. Movies. Because I really envy you. You get to enjoy it for the first time. Yes, yep. but enjoy it responsibly. <laughs> I would like a I'd like a two hour reaction film of Anne watching Super Troopers. <laughs> of I would watch that. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be two hours. It wouldn't be. Two hours. <laughs> uh, and we got an email from Michael. Uh, which Meredith has volunteered to read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really want to read this from listener Michael. Um, this show has everything. Good morning. Good day. As an ISO certified factory, we specialized manufacture mold making slash sheet metal process slash die casting slash precision stamping slash machining parts with strong competitive price and excellent, all one word, quality for more than 20 years. Any questions and inquiries with an E will be highly regarded. Just email us the drawing and detailed requirement. You will get a complete quotation with technical analysis within 24 hours. Your prompt reply is highly appreciated. Best regards sincerely. Thank you for taking the time to read my introduction with love. <laughs> That's so nice. Thank you, Michael. Yeah. We love you too. That's really sweet. Yeah. That's a lot of specialization. He specialized in like 28 different things here. I did send him a, a giant uh, uh, crudely drawn picture of a schlong. So we'll see what they come back with. Oh, good, good. I hope it's die-casted. <laughs> I, I was just about to say we should send a drawing. Mike, I'm glad that you got ahead of it. And you picked the one thing I knew we would all pick. 
So, yeah, right, right. It would have been, you know, it could, the vote might have been close, but of course, Schlong was going to If only he had included a fax number, we could redirect the butt faxes to him. Oh, uh, yes. And then maybe get real life molds made. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, get at us. Maybe we can figure out a way to make this happen. Yeah. I mean, I'm sorry, mystery butt faxer. <laughs> Yeah. Nobody knows who that is. If I were him, I'd prefer. <laughs> uh, on to the question of the week. Last week, we unveiled our quarantine Olympic events, and then we asked you for yours. Lots and lots of great responses here, and we're not going to be able to read them all because it would just take far too long. So go join us in the Facebook group at The Show Has Everything to see the complete list and to join in. Uh, it's a nice reminder that our our friends, our listeners, our, our imaginary internet friends – are as smart and funny or smarter and funnier than we are. Listener uh, Natasha writes, uh, if there's one I would get a gold medal in, surely it would be swiping up on TikTok. Yeah, I'm just learning TikTok because I'm old, but it's it's oh. kind of fun. Emily's on it now. I, I got I to gotta steer clear. I got to <laughs> stay strong. Uh, I'm yeah. afraid to. Uh, a friend of mine who's similarly old like us sent me a video from TikTok. He's new to TikTok and he's exploring it. And he just found someone who made a TikTok of Charles Barkley accidentally saying that he's grateful for titties instead of <laughs> tennis. <laughs> I mean, why not both? I, I mean, I'm not, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't force you to choose. Yeah. The language is a poor choice, but I mean, we can all get behind the <laughs> sentiment. Uh, did I just steal someone's? I was goldenrod. I stole someone's. I'm green, but I didn't do that. I didn't claim that one, so I don't know what's happening here. Well, now I'm equally confused. I also didn't claim this one, which is green. Mike, did you steal my color? I think I stole your color. Okay, I'll turn it blue. You're you're all learning about the high-tech system that we use in Google Sheets to pick (laughs) what we're going to read, which is that... Now we really are doing TVTL. I'm sorry, Anne. I'm going to go search some YouTube videos. (laughs) We can cut this out. We'll cut it out. Play them live. No, we won't. (laughs) No, we won't. I'm editing. No, we won't. Mr. Sean writes, at my store, we have the COVID two-step or the COVID waltz. It's trying to keep social distancing when customers keep getting closer. Oh, Sean, I feel for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, at least at least Meredith's clients are only creepy by phone. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Linda, the Zoom Olympics, fastest dasher to the bathroom and back during a meeting. I think this, this among all of them could be turned into a uh, pentathlon, nay, a decathlon of you know zoom competitions because uh there's a lot of a lot of faux pas more like duke cathlon right (laughs) (laughs) sorry i've definitely muted myself and and gone for a pee during a a meeting Mm -hmm. sure uh listener heather i'm not going to read all of this there are some deep details here which you should go read uh she says my event would be weirdest slash oldest food uh in the cupboard slash freezer that you successfully get your family to rave about eating with your creative cooking skills um maybe a little too specific on the judging panel but i do like the spirit of it and we got some other food related ones like Mm. this she says i do think i would win uh i recently got my family to eat beaver rib enchiladas oof and that then sounds she, terrible. she has a disclaimer that she doesn't sanction trapping beavers, but she does have an Alaskan cousin of some kind that uh, that left it for her. Oof. 
Um, on that same note, listener Leslie says, um, or just oldest thing eaten, period. I made some five-year-old tater tots, mixed veggies, and mystery meat from the freezer. Not terrible. You have to label your meat, people. Yeah. I really, this is, uh, if you're going to put meat in the freezer, you got to date it and, and label it. Uh, Andrea writes, uh, she'd love an event that does chop-style best meals from what is already in your pantry and fridge. No going to the store to get ingredients, which I highlighted because it reminded me of an old short-lived cooking show where Gordon Elliott would show up at your house with a chef. And that chef would work, would work with whatever was in your kitchen. It was called Door Knock Dinners. Well, Gordon Elliott was just hamming it up for an hour or whatever. That sounds great. It does sound great, right? I don't know why. It only lasted a couple of seasons. Totally bring that back. Listener Lauren says, obsessively checking to make sure your mic is muted on Zoom slash WebEx slash MS Teams calls. <laughs> yep. <laughs> mm-hmm. And... Uh, Brandon, I really liked this one. I thought this was really in the spirit of, of our last show. Brandon says, a friend of mine did uh, quarantine Olympics with his girlfriend. Events included farthest sock slide through the kitchen. Who can get closest to pouring exactly one cup of water? Who can hang from the balcony the longest? <laughs> that's all I can remember off the top of my head. Lol. Um, I think that's great. That's that's severe boredom talking, yep. I think, right? Yeah. I like the I like the sliding competition. That sounds yeah. awesome to me. Um, I have a kind of a version of this is when I'm pouring two, it's usually wine, when I'm pouring two glasses of wine, how, um, without really trying, how close can I get them to equal? Because I have a weird skill where if I'm not paying attention, I make them exactly the same. But when I try, I can't do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yep. Um, Clear your mind. Yeah, I know. Um, listener Ellen says, and I had to talk about this one because Animal Crossing's all I've been doing. And she says, Animal Crossing Island laps or most fish caught, though, to be honest, uh, I'm more competitive in the stress napping event. <laughs> I sorry, still Alan. haven't played Animal Crossing, but I occasionally will see a Facebook post about somebody having turnips at some price, and I have no idea what the hell that mm. means. Oh, that's good. I've made several million bells as the currency in Animal Crossing. I think I have like six million now from selling a couple batches of turnips at a high price. So if you see anybody for like 600 or up, let me know. So you're a billionaire turnip flipper? I am, yes. They call it the stock market, S-T-A-L-K. So there's a gambling aspect. Maybe I could do this. Yep. (laughs) Uh, Listener Will says, liquor store relay. Kids can run into the regular store for mixers. It's a family team sport. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good one. Oh, my goodness. All right, uh, Linder. um, This this one gets kind of personal to my uh, COVID experience. Uh, Taking a thing out of the freezer without dislodging all the other efficiently arranged things. Um, one of the big sources of stress during the last couple of weeks in our house was Emily had, I I love ice. Everyone knows this. I'm obsessed with, with ice. I like to, to, to eat ice chips. I like always, my beverages must be cold. Very cold. Um, but we don't have an ice maker in our freezer the the water hookup uh didn't work properly at leak so we just didn't ever turn it on or or there never was one i I don't even know anyway so i have to refill these ice trays over and over and over and because i like the ice chips i overfill them a little bit so when you go to get the ice out of the tray you get to eat all the chips off the top and then you you know then you dump the ice wherever you need to dump it. it's a nice little treat yeah, it's a, it's a little it's it's wonderful. Anyway, uh the problem is 
it creates a little spill every day, just like a little spill, little spill, little spill. Until the other day, Emily was trying to get, I think, some baked spaghetti out of the, you know, that was, you know, frozen in a Pyrex in the bottom of the freezer. And it, it was almost like unrecoverable, like, um, you know, there had been an ice age and uh, frozen spaghetti <laughs> from four months ago is now, you know, it's a fossil or something. So she spent the morning before I woke up <laughs> uh, taking care of this whole uh, problem, which I'd taken care of once before, before she had noticed it. Once she was on a road trip and I'm like, oh man, that's bad. And I fixed it. This time I I, I, had, pl- I had plans for like a week to fix it and I, I kept forgetting and then finally she saw it and, and fixed it. And, uh, you know, uh, we're still married, but uh, we'll see. You know, That's week to week. Yeah, <laughs> so we, every, isn't everybody? <laughs> uh, and one from listener Daniel. Uh, I, I'm, I can't do it justice reading it. It's involved. It's really involved. So again, the Facebook group, the show is everything. Go check it out. Uh, in the spirit of not following the directions fully on the question of the week, uh, Daniel treated us not to his quarantine Olympic event, uh, but the uh, quarantine Olympics opening and closing ceremonies. They include the appropriate music, representatives of many nations via foodstuffs, uh, your very own Olympic flame. Uh, it's it's incredibly thoughtful, uh, well put. And uh, should we be able to pull this thing off at some point through the power of Zoom or boredom or whatever, uh, we will certainly uh, follow Daniel's lead for the opening and closing ceremonies. It's worth the read. Oh, man, like a cookout. I really, I kind of like that. You know, everyone's bringing in their, oh, man, dude has the brie. Let's go. (laughs) Oh, you say that, and it makes me realize that Tishi Summer Picnic is really up in the air right yeah, now. Yeah, I was thinking Ooh. about that the other day. And I just I just found a new flavor of Oreo we need to try, too. Ugh. Mm-hmm. Tiramisu Oreo. Right, right, right. <laughs> yep. uh, put a pin in that. We'll put it in the parking garage and come back, circle back to it later <laughs> <laughs> with, with, some, with some synergy. With another car, and why do we have two cars? I don't know. <laughs> Uh, our medium talk for this week and uh, for many weeks coming up this summer, sort of intermittently while we do some other things as well, is something we're calling the Tishi Summer Road Trip. I put the word spectacular on the end. I don't know why. So the Tishi Summer Road Trip Spectacular, an occasional series. Uh, we've had this thought for some time that we would love to all just get in a big old car together and drive around uh, to all the co-hosts' uh, cities and other places and just be together, just the whole reason we do this show. Why you all listen to it is beyond me, but why we do it is so that we can all get together and be <laughs> friends. Uh, and we we would like to do this, and I mean, hell, even Mike and I have, in the middle of the night, had conversations about just, just meeting in Austin and just driving north and crashing Anne's place uh, and, and everyone in between. And we thought, you know, we could do a road trip. We could start in New England and make our way and Buffalo and down to Texas and scoop them up and through Detroit and through Minneapolis and all that. And St. Paul. I wouldn't, we'd obviously do both. Uh, But we can't, you know, we just can't right now. It's the realistic nature of things and it wouldn't be safe and responsible. And we still wanted to get into the mood of summer. Now that summer is basically here. And we thought, what if we do a road trip where we drop in on different parts of the country based on 
what movies have taught us about those places. So it's not so much about the movies themselves as it is uh, what we know of these places. Maybe we've never been there, or maybe we have been there and we have thoughts on kind of how a movie portrays it versus real life. And we're going to start the Tishi Summer Road Trip Spectacular in non-Boston New England, sort of coastal New England, rural New England. We're saving Boston for a couple of reasons. One, uh, Hillary will kill us if we do a Boston show without her. Mm -hmm. Uh, And two, Boston's one of those places that has so many very distinct movies, specifically about the city and the area around it, that uh, it would sort of crush everything else. You're not going to get a Vermont movie we're not doing a Vermont movie anyway, but you're not going to get a Connecticut movie. Vermont movie and Vermont movie and Super Troopers 2. Smoke in the Reef. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you're not going to get uh, all these other great movies if we uh, if we only do Boston. So we're going to do rural New England. Uh, I don't know what order we should do this in. Does anyone have a thought? I think from, I think from uh, most Serious, which would be Jaws. <clears throat> That's which your would be spelling, yours would be least serious. And mine would be and we can serious. save that. Uh all right, yeah. so I'll go then Meredith then Mike. Uh I chose Jaws. Uh Amity Island. Amity, uh, you know, basically Martha's Vineyard. Uh great that I would start a road trip on an island, right? Uh I I was thinking of all the great movies that sort of feature this very summery New England feel. And uh Jaws is it. Uh you know, out on the beach, baseball game on the radio, everybody having a good time, unattended children everywhere because nobody cares. Oh, yeah. Uh, just an earlier time. Very relaxed. Uh, Narragansett beer featured prominently. Uh, everyone just hanging out, small town, chill, slow, lazy. Um, my ideal summer beach time thing, you know, when Sam and I lived in Rhode Island, uh going to the ocean beaches was basically the highlight of living there. You just go early in the morning, set up your thing, let the sun come out and bake you jump in the water a couple times an hour and just stay until it starts to cool off. Uh, I, I miss that more than anything else when we lived in Rhode Island and jaws sets that scene. And also the different kinds of people, the, the, the sort of old small town businessy people and the, the fishermen, there are some of these weird cultural types in new england and that's i think fairly accurate uh if a little dated so uh jaws no sharks though just just the fun part of of jaws okay i have a lot to say about jaws please um as a man with, <laughs> uh not actually a shark incident but you could sell it <laughs> no in, in fact um i think uh, it was elliot uh that came up with the idea that i I could get a surfboard and some board shorts, and that would be my Halloween answering mm-hmm. the door. Absolutely, yeah. Costume, oh, and then Abby with the the shark, and head. maybe shark Ginger costume. with yeah with shark fins on. Yep. Maybe a shark fin on the bun. Who knows? Um, but I thought that was that was brilliant. But we have not had more than like a total of ten trick or treaters since we left Richwood, and even then it was it was slim pickings. But um, this movie is so well paced. It there's it's just a slow burn. It's a slow build, but all the all the all the setup is is not wasted. You get it's eighteen minutes, and the shark has already 
killed before um uh he gets his music um yep. and, and and that that was amazing to me i'm like there's been a lot of shark action already but now he gets his music the three main characters are beautifully set up um richard dreyfus is dr fauci Roy Scheider is the governor's uh, Mayor McSport jacket is guess who, you know, wanting to open the beaches up, you know, yep. like people are just getting munched left and right. And he's like, yeah, but you know, business, this is our, this is our busy season. We got to get back out there and have a good quarter three and quarter four. The economy is more um, important. Wait, this is starting to sound very familiar. It was, it was so spot yeah. on to what's you happening say now prescient mm-hmm. yes like a motherfucker i mean it's worth watching for that i've already lost my legs so i ain't that worried about it i can't swim or i'll rust so uh but here, here i had quite a bad experience i, I think it came out in 77 i think that's uh 75 75 yeah. okay so it came out in 75 and i think my family had our first like big expensive trip to to Disneyland like the year before and then the next year was going to be Hawaii like my dad was doing all right you know he was probably tying it in with auditing a store there you know so get some massive discount on on everything but um so I ended up going to Jaws the fall the year after the movie came out uh if not a year and a half and and my brother was out uh, like body surfing or something and saw a tiger shark out there. And from, I, I went out in the water and I really tried to be brave or whatever. But I think from the time I saw that movie at 10 at a drive through in fucking Bellevue, um, I didn't want to get in anything deeper than a tide pool, you know? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But now I watch it and it's it's just a fantastic piece of filmmaking. Back then it was just I don't ever want to see that again. But thanks for making me watch it, Bobby. Yeah, I rewatched it last night. I I um we didn't make it mandatory that we all rewatched all these movies because again it's more no, about the no. scene setting. But I did rewatch all three of these movies in the last couple of days just because I wanted to. And even Jaws, which. I've mentioned this before, but there's a short list of movies that if Sam and I are home and flipping channels and it's on wherever it lands, we'll just sort of leave it there and roll with it. So, you know, I, I've seen, I've seen exponentially more of the Godfather, the further into the movie you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. It's one of those movies uh, for Sam, the mummy movies just ridiculously are in that, in that camp. And Jaws is mm-hmm. in that camp. Like, it doesn't matter if it's 15 minutes in or 15 minutes left. If it's on, we're just going to watch it because it's just so good. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I watched it sort of two screening. I was half watching and doing some other things. But even then, just, yeah, you're right on with the pacing. It's, again, not a film criticism podcast, but um, just the, the landscapes of it all and all the summer houses, like the beach houses and mm-hmm. the the townies and a little bit of conversation about who the islanders are and can you can you be an islander not if you were not born there and um god i i really want to just spend all summer in a place like that uh i could easily uh buy a little house somewhere and just do nothing all summer <laughs> and bobby I don't feel bad about starting the road trip offshore but because they have that ferry that one car ferry <laughs> right. and we can right. we can get on that and 
Okay, now for the Fourth of July, the big fairy does show up and all the cars come off. But yeah, that one little that that little skiff with one car. Yeah. <laughs> I miss I miss um, being very close to Lake Michigan because when I I grew up in West Michigan and 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 the lake was within a half an hour drive and I went to school I went to college right close closer to it so it was even easier to get to and then when I moved to Detroit it didn't even occur to me that I might not have access to wonderful beaches because this is Michigan it's a peninsula but then I realized oh yeah this is Detroit it's industrial there's a river on this side of it and you have to go way up to the thumb to get to any actual beach which is a pretty significant trek and so I really do miss we used to spend at least one day a week you know, Saturday or Sunday when I was growing up at, at the beach. Um, and I guess I took it for granted because it's a really wonderful thing to have right at your fingertips. And so every time I go back home when it's nice out, I, I drag my sister to the beach because I miss it so much. Yeah. I Growing up on, on Lake Ontario, I didn't really know what I was missing in ocean beaches until we lived in Rhode Island. And now there's nothing in Buffalo. I mean, I can go to Niagara Falls and see the falls and there is waterfront here. I mean, we have the Niagara River and, you know, the, the opening to Lake Erie right down in our downtown. But it's, yeah, it's factory wasteland and mm-hmm. they're revitalizing the canal side waterfront, but it's like boardwalky and you're not just going to lay out on the sand all day. Yeah. Well, most of the beaches in the Puget Sound are, of course, rocky and they're interesting and, and fun to go to and you know, take elementary school kids there and study all the, the wildlife there. But the only sandy beaches are on the ocean coast. And even when it's 90 degrees in Seattle, if you go out to the ocean, you know, it's still cold. Yes. It's it's weird. So, yeah, you got your feet in the cold sand when it you you just left like 85, 90 back in Seattle. That's what it's like in the Upper Peninsula. If you go to Lake Superior, even if it's it's very rare that it's hot up that far north. But um, I've been up there when it was, you know, 85, um, which is pretty rare. And, and jumping into the water is like, it's that shocking cold because the water yeah, is water still. St- still like 50 degrees <laughs> all summer long. Yeah. And it's it's so clear. It's like it's like glass you can see down to the bottom and it's like that you said like mike it's like a lot of rocky beaches and stuff um yeah. but it's beautiful and there are some cliffs that you can jump that they're not so crazy tall that you can't jump off of them and so i've spent a couple of yeah. uh, good days just you know daring myself to jump <laughs> 20 feet into ice cold water <laughs> Mm-hmm. it's great it's fun i feel like jaws though has traumatized like a whole generation of swimmers um maybe multiple generations. The first time, you know, being being from Michigan, I was very used to my boring, saltless, sharkless lakes, nice and easy and clean, and, and they didn't smell bad, and they, there wasn't all sorts of weird creatures living them. And the first time I put on some goggles and went swimming in the ocean, it was in Massachusetts. My grandmother had a house in Rockport, and so I think I must have been 10 years old at that point, and I put goggles on and I looked down once I was out I don't know, 20, 30 feet from shore. And it was just like, get me out of here. Because <laughs> there was just like coral, you know, it was stuff I just wasn't used to seeing. And it terrified me. And I was just like, what? It, I got this sense that I was in this huge body of water with all these monsters, which you are really when you're in the ocean, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but it made me really, um, really miss my my easy, safe lakes. Well, you couldn't convince me that that, Lake Washington and Lake Sammamish weren't infested. 
with sharks. You couldn't you couldn't convince me after I saw yeah. Jaws. You couldn't convince me that the Holiday Inn pool. You well, know, yeah, sure. Have you seen the the viewing parties of people like on on inner tubes floating around watching Jaws on a big screen? Oh. I can't think of anything What's wrong worse. With people? What's wrong with people? You know, drive-ins have reopened, right? I wonder if you could set up a, a float in. Like, if you could do a big screen, and as long as people stay yeah. apart on their various uh, rafts and such. Can I say something about floaties for a moment? Can we stop you? <laughs> yes, you can. No, you can no, stop no, me no. right oh, now. I want to know. I want to know. Okay. Uh, you know those beautiful pools? Emily told me they're called infinity mm-hmm. pools, like in people's backyards as they hang over cliffs, you know, yeah. at the back of their expensive houses, and the water kind of sloshes over. Those are lovely. And and on the hotels, you know, they're great too. I, I would love to, you know, stand there and drink the gin and tonic and look at the city. That's fantastic. But sometimes I'll be watching a show or a commercial and I'll see someone in one of those pools on a floaty. And I'm like, what if some fatty on the other side, <laughs> you know, goes like cannonball? Then you're just you're propelled off the cliff into some LA Canyon. What's I just don't I've seen have you seen people on floaties in these pools? I mean I've I've been in those pools and it's not like you just drop into the ocean. <laughs> there's like a because it recycles the water. I think there's like a reservoir down there. It's not oh it's not that it's not gonna be the, your death probably. They don't show you that part no, of it. That's not uh, it's and, not and glamorous. Plus, Plus, uh, uh, you know, I've seen like when I was looking through rich people's houses, talk about delivering food, looking through their houses, these pools. And uh, and it looks like they just fall right off the hill if you went off of that thing. Um, So the floaties give me massive anxiety when they're in those pools. I think you just helped me come up with a new Disney World ride, though. You just created the fear element for the new Avengers Infinity Pool. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> uh, we so we asked people about you know we have little prompts here. It's your your New England film, and then what about it makes you want to go to there? And then if you have any films that make you want to stay away, and I think Jaws is probably a twofer, right? Because it also yeah. is a film that makes people want to stay away. Uh, I, I can get past that part, I guess, better than some people's. I don't have another great rural New Englandy movie that wants me to makes me want to stay away, at least not offhand. You two have better answers for that. So, Meredith, I think you should go next. Okay, so I chose Beetlejuice, um, and that's once. Mo- <laughs> um, he th- this is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, but it does have a strong New England component. Um, just by way of recap, it's the story of a couple who live in this very bucolic uh, Connecticut small town. Um, they have a beautiful old farmhouse and they're newlyweds and they just are starting to work on the house and kind of fix it up and paint and put up wallpaper because this was the 80s. Um and uh, it's got a wonderful cast. It's Gina Davis and Alec Baldwin are the, the main couple, if you haven't seen it. Um, I probably shouldn't explain this too much because who hasn't seen Beetlejuice? But um, the, the, the thing that... <laughs> the, uh, uh, I'd, I'd be more than happy to host Michael Keaton. Um, <laughs> uh, he So um, 
where was I going? I lost my train of thought. Oh, the, the, the quintessential New England thing about this movie that I think is kind of funny is that the, the conflict comes in when, uh, when Alec Baldwin and Gina Davis die. They, they are going over a beautiful covered bridge, which is also a very New England <laughs> That's thing. That's the best part. Yes, because no. they're avoiding a dog, a very cute dog. <laughs> and uh, they don't, he's they dog's die of totally cuteness. fine. <laughs> yep. Really? <laughs> And they drown in their Volvo, like crashing through the covered bridge. Of course, the Volvo. Of course. Um, and so then they kind of walk back to their house and they're like, this is weird. What's going on? They eventually figure out their ghosts. But the problems begin when these rich Manhattanites who are escaping New York City buy this house and totally destroy it. Um, and they're living there and they're just horrifying uh this original couple and they do everything they can to try to scare them away and it doesn't work and so they enlist the help of third times a charm beetlejuice to scare these people away and i won't ruin the ending but it's a great 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 movie and um the the scenery is wonderful the house is beautiful the whole area is great and the the covered bridge is one of my favorite new england things and it's really like driving through um, you know, Vermont and, and Connecticut and places like that, New Hampshire, you see that sort of stuff all the time. And it looks like it's a Thomas Kincaid painting uh, everywhere you look in certain parts of New England. And this movie has got a lot of that good scenery. Plus, there's some really fun miniatures. Like they do a whole model of the town. Yep. That's very cute. Just that house, too. Just that big old house. Yes. So great. How would you describe the the renovations? What what were they going for? What were uh, Jeffrey Jones and um, uh, Catherine O'Hara? The, the mother. Yeah, what Catherine were they going O'Hara. for with their daughter Winona yeah. Ryder? Um, Catherine O'Hara is a sculptor in this movie, and so she and her de- interior designer Otto um, come and 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 try to turn the house into like a modern art piece. And since it's the eighties, it's all like very angular and and sterile and and weird textures everywhere it's very of the time too um and her sculpture her sculptures are hideous uh and the and the whole house kind of follows that that whole uh their house is scarier than beetlejuice oh yeah 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 Yeah. for sure (laughs) that gives me more of the creeps than beetlejuice does because we know what he's about. That house, you're like, what the fuck is going on here? Mike, if you say it one more time in an unfortunate twist, Winona Ryder is going to appear in your house. <laughs> your uh, favorite. <laughs> oh, man. I, I, right right now, the biggest problem I have with her wouldn't be that uh, she's never been anything of an actress, but that she's she seems crazy and I don't want her anywhere near my house. So did you even dislike her in this movie? Because she was a literal child, I think. Yeah, she was just showing. I don't know if this was right around Heather's. Probably right before I Heather's. Think before. I, I think before. Yeah. So I mean, I was like, fine, you know, kid actors. I don't have a problem with because usually they're it's a mess. Yeah. Kind of playing themselves. Anyway. I mean, I I don't think there's any method to being a child actor. You just play a child in that situation, right? So. Yeah, hopefully. But she's Otherwise, playing this really, like really rip-off Wednesday Adams character. You know, she's this yeah, like goth true. girl, depressed, f- aspiring photographer who can see ghosts. But that's not as much her fault as you know, the scriptwriter. True, um, Tim Burton's fault. The interesting part about the the casting here was there was a time when uh, like Andy McDowell and and Gina Davis were like neck and neck for like. Uh, kind of 
thoughtful, you know, beautiful brunettes. And then this is when Gina Davis just put the, you know, she put the pedal down and, uh, and and blue right past. So these were this movie. these were my type of women, so I was paying attention. <laughs> believe me. Um, uh, Andy McDowell had a little bit of a comeback with uh, Groundhog Day, but uh, she she never made it back after that. That'll be in our punks. I was going to say, let's oh, yeah. keep our powder dry for Central Pennsylvania edition. Yeah. I do have to make one more comment, though, Bobby. You said there wasn't going to be any Vermont movies, but the exterior shots for Beetlejuice were all filmed in Vermont. That makes sense. I can yeah. see that. East Corinth, Vermont. Hmm. Uh, I think this also is our regular disclaimer on Jeffrey Jones, uh, Buffalo native and registered sex offender. We don't condone yep. Jeffrey Jones. He's still, a... even even at the end of this movie, he doesn't come out smelling like roses. He's No. no. Yeah, he's just himself. Yeah. To be fair, he always plays an asshole. Yeah, he does it, it well. Out he was one. That's fair. <laughs> yeah, he had a lot of practice. Uh, uh, okay. Well, I think that should I, I go? think Meredith should just say uh, what movie makes her want to stay away from New England in the summer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So that that would be that was a tough call because I think New England is so charming and and great. But um, if I had to pick one, it'd be Summer Catch. Well. You sure. Know, you can't hurt my feelings there because I, I like sports that was the That's the Freddie Prince vehicle from 2001, yes. Summer yes. Catch. Yes. 2001, Summer Catch, Freddie Prince, um, Jessica Biel. Right. So, Mike, what, uh, what's your movie? Summer Catch. <laughs> Summer Catch. It's my favorite uh, New England film. It just gives me a, a, a warm feeling just to, uh, just to describe it. Um, there is a summer baseball league in uh on cape cod called the cape cod league they stayed up all night thinking about that um and it's with wooden bats that's what makes it sort of unique there are more wooden bat leagues now but a lot of the top prospects that are about to be drafted or start with their pro teams would go to the cape cod league because they could start playing with wooden bats and get a little jump on uh, on the major leagues because in the college they use aluminum bats because wooden bats are expensive. Um, so Freddie Prinz is a pitcher and he happens to live in this town, Chatham, Massachusetts, where they have a uh, a Cape Cod team and his father has a landscaping business and not, so not only does he take care of the field, Freddie Prinz does this for his dad, but he also plays for the Chatham A's. Uh, and let me just get this out of the way. His battery mate, his catcher, Matthew Lillard, uh, while seems to have a lot more baseball skill than 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 most of the actors in the movie, he's problematic. Uh, he uh, he says a lot of things. He does a lot of bad things. Matthew Lillard, movie. I'm shocked. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, he plays a dick, huh. <laughs> but he's a dick with a heart of gold, as it turns out. You know, because there's another guy in the movie who's a dick who has who doesn't have a heart right. of gold. So Freddie has, it's his last year in Chatham and he, he, he wants to get, he wants to play pro ball. None, the rest of his family, none of them made it in pro ball. He wants to make it. Um, so he's pitching for the, for the A's and scouts are coming in and out. Uh, and he really needs to focus. So he decides to give up like partying and, and girls for the summer. Um, and this lasts as long as he hasn't seen Jessica Beale's ass. <laughs> I mean, you can't blame him. She's, she's amazing. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, it's a pretty great spot for her in 2001. 
is uh, is that diving board. My goodness, yeah, it's uh, it's something. Um, it's not worth watching the movie for. I'm not recommending this movie. <laughs> it's worth searching for the movie on YouTube. <laughs> Just the pool parts. <laughs> just grab yeah. a scene, you know, just grab a scene. <clears throat> whatever you like, whatever floats your boat. So uh, he gets distracted and it's the uh, tale as old as time. She's the daughter of the richest guy in town. Uh, and she's, um, you know, he d- he does not want her to hook up with Freddie Prince Jr. No matter how handsome he is. Uh, baseball is a tricky proposition. Even if you get signed, you, there's very little chance that you'll ever make any money. So this being the modern era, which I really appreciate, and it happened in Goodwill Hunting too, it's like the the woman is smart and she has something to go do. And so, you know, they have to make decisions because they want to be together. And she's going to San Francisco for this big job. And blah, 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 blah. A lot of bad baseball uh, is represented, and then uh, it turns out that she stays to be with him, and he does get a pro contract, and of course he ends up in the major leagues because you know that's that's the way it happens in the in these movies. Um, I want to make it clear: he goes to the Batavia Muckdogs, a real team, uh, just down the road. When they're fast tracking you, that's where they that's you get go to the Batavia uh, Muckdogs. Good news. The organization has a big plan for you. Uh, pack your bags for the Bactavia Mud Dogs. Muck, muck Dogs. Muck Dogs. <laughs> Sorry. Mud Bugs, Muck Dogs. I got, a, I got a Batavia Muck Dogs hat around here somewhere. So I was giving it some thought, uh, and and I just didn't have enough time to, to really flesh it out. Bobby, maybe you can eventually help me. Worst movie pitchers? Oh. Um. Besides the natural. Freddie Prinze Jr., there's not, a, there's not a single shot of him throwing a baseball in this movie. No. Actually throwing a baseball from a mound. Well, you get, you get the close-ups of him, like, winding up or checking the mm-hmm. runners. Yeah, he's pretty convincing on a lot of that stuff, yeah. but he, he, can't, he can't throw a baseball. And it, at first, I got mad, and I've thought about it over the years. I was like, at first I thought, dude, you know... You never picked up a baseball in high school or threw it around or 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 played a little bit. Why did you want this role? And now I'm I'm not too mad because he got to play, you know, opposite Jessica Biel. And I also know that he might have been busy doing other things in high school than, you know, playing baseball because he had opportunities. Some of us others didn't. Right. Uh, also, I think the Wikipedia article said that he had two million reasons to want to do this movie. Okay, okay. Well, here's the thing. I really hope he enjoyed it because he never, uh, as Variety would say, uh, what, helmed or I don't know. He he, he never starred in another major motion picture after right. that. So it was a career killer. Well, he married Sarah Michelle Gellar. So, you know, he's still doing all right. And yeah. uh, mm. I looked this up because I, like I was her. wondering where he had been. And so I was searching around last night. And it appears that he plays uh, the the male friend slash maybe love interest. I don't know. Based on the 132nd commercial I watched of an adult punky Brewster, which is being brought back on the NBC streaming network Peacock. <sighs> they they didn't. <laughs> so there you they go. They didn't reboot punky brewster they brought back the same actress playing punky brewster 30 years later or 35 years later or whatever 
So. I was firmly in the Punky Brewster demo, and I'm not at all interested in this. I'm just a little too young for Punky Brewster. I think that's the couple years difference between us. So, yeah. Yeah. And uh, they're, they're bringing it back. I think it's supposed to be a feel-good comedy about a single mom or something. So Okay, just to to wrap up my um, thoughts on Summer Catch, the, the reasons that I loved it, I mean, I wanted to see it. I think I saw it on cable because it was about baseball and specifically the Cape Cod League, which I was interested in. And I thought that that aspect might be interesting, and it wasn't at all. They didn't really do anything nope. with it. <laughs> and then the aforementioned uh, Jessica Beale at the time was like smoking hot. Um, and I don't blame her for washing out of uh, major motion pictures because that's what they do to women. Um, but the 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 thing that makes me want to stay away from new england and not necessarily boston because it seems like you're kind of safe down there is is any stephen king movie all these Maine movies does anyone survive maine <laughs> no <laughs> i think murder she wrote has taught us that no one survives no. maine come on guys why is everyone so murdery up there there's nothing else to do it's maine that's that's true <laughs> Uh, Mike, I will say, so I watched Summer Catch the night before last. I made Sam sit through it with me. Okay. Uh, Amazon primed it. So somebody owes me $1.99. And, uh, I, I think as I wrote in the chat, it, it has the highest level of tropes per minute and cringes per minute that I've seen in a long time in a movie. Mm-hmm. But I do remember it. I, I thought I had seen it, you know, in high school. It came out in 01. I graduated high school in 04. So it was right in that sweet spot of me putting, sitting through movies that, my girlfriend would have wanted to watch. And I think I remember, I remembered the baseball scenes. And I remembered the swimming pool scenes. Uh, everything else was forgettable. Um, but even, even the bad baseball in this movie made me wistful for baseball. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No doubt. God, no I miss doubt. baseball so much. And I love going to small ballparks and seeing really low level baseball games. Like we go to Cooperstown or Cooperstown, and you watch a game at Double Day Field, which is just a crappy little old, but very old, field and concession stand. Uh, I love baseball up close. I love when you can hear the players, the crack of the bat, the roar of the crowd, except not really the roar of the crowd because there's like two dozen people there. When I was a little kid and it would not be my night to play, I would ride my bicycle all over town to the different fields and watch Little League games. It just, it's, it just gets in you. Yep. Baseball gets in you. And so I guess that's part of my summer road trip is if we're going to go to these places, we're definitely get some really low minor league. Got to get baseball. a ballpark. <laughs> yep. The Batavia lug nuts were in. The Detroit Tigers. Yeah. Wow. Uh, well, you know, I. That was a rough, rough season. We're heading back to Sorry Toledo soon. And so the Toledo Mud Hens, they're a AAA, AAA team. Mm-hmm. The Detroit AAA team, I think. Uh, yeah, the Muck Dogs now are the Marlins the Marlins singular double A affiliate, which is just, if that tells you how bad they are, baseball fans will now. Well, it tells you that there's a very thin margin. You could, if you can, you can probably get from the muck dogs up quickly yeah, in that no, organization. Uh, so that's it. That's our rural new England, our, our non Boston Cambridge uh, centric new England movies coming weeks. will bring us to Boston and then many other cities and places. And if you have suggestions, uh, let us know. Our question of the week this week, what movie most makes you think of blank region, in this case, uh, uh, Greater New England? 
give mm-hmm. us your movies that make you think the most of Greater New England, and in subsequent weeks, we'll ask you about other regions as well. And if you want to get a jump on other regions, feel free to shoot us an email, throw us your phone uh, as we're charting out our next steps on our road trip. Um, it's summertime. We got nothing to do. So we're probably going to meander with this for some time. Not to put my um, thumb on the scale, but uh, welcome to Mooseport. I think it's some of Gene Hackman's greatest <laughs> work. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, there's no shortage. Uh, uh, Christy put together a spreadsheet for us of regions. And once we realized which states it was still missing, we realized that there are way too many movies to cover. So we'll yeah. pick and choose. Uh, we had to leave Mystic Pizza and Dumb and Dumber on the on the cutting room floor. <clears throat> Rough. Uh, yep. You know, among others, the aforementioned Super Troopers and two. What Hot American Summer? Actually, I had thought about using that as a main movie. Yeah. Uh, I watch that all the time now. See? It's so, so good. Lots, lots out there. But give us yours. Let us know what makes you think of New England. Uh, and with that, uh, Meredith, T she recommends. Yeah, well, th- this might be a first for this segment. I have a T-She does not recommend. <laughs> um, I made the worst Amazon purchase I've ever made in my life a couple weeks ago. It was a shower curtain liner, which I didn't think was even possible to screw up. I've bought plenty of these out throughout my life, and I've never hated a shower curtain liner. <laughs> I hate this one so much. It's I was looking for something that wouldn't get musty um i had like a cloth one before and it had a seam at the bottom and i had to keep washing it and bleach over and over and over and i was getting irritated with it so i was like okay i'll get like a mildew proof one and so i search amazon and i buy this specific one and we're going to link to it um just use it to get to somewhere else on amazon please don't buy this stupid thing it's too big i have a tub shower that goes from wall to wall and it's way too big on either side. It's also too long and it's so thick that it doesn't drape right so that it's like poking you uh, like you're touching. It's touching you at all times when you're in the shower because there's just not enough room for you and the stupid. <laughs> curtain. That's comfortable. It's horrible. And it's so I have. Oh, hello. What? Hey, what's going <laughs> well, on? And the other thing is it's crystal clear and I have a cloth shower curtain, you know, over that. Um, but Bear mm-hmm. is very interested in the shower, and so now what he does yeah. is he runs between the cloth curtain and the clear one and stands on the side of the tub and pu- and leans on the shower curtain. So not only am I dealing with this awful curtain, but now I have a cat half in the shower with me trying to play in the water. Um, so I need to get an opaque one is the other thing. But this one just is is awful it comes off of the hooks every time i try to adjust it because it won't drape right it's super thick it's just awful so don't buy okay. it i have an idea um yes we do buy some of these and but we do the research we we put it on our our, our crack staff to do the research and find out who puts out this product mm-hmm. um we find out who the ceo is and then uh, we find out where they live, and then we go wrap them in some of these shower <laughs> curtains and then throw them in the nearest body of water. I'm in favor of this. <laughs> okay. Project. Wear masks, everyone. Be responsible. Kidnappers. Yeah, we wouldn't want to get anyone sick while we were wrapping them up in a shower curtain. <laughs> no. Right. No. None of our guys get hurt. Uh, Meredith, thank you for leaving a review on Amazon of this too, to let the world know. Which I almost never do. 
I almost never, ever, ever leave reviews, but I had to because I just could, I'm just baffled that this is such a bad shower curtain. <laughs> I left a review right after that. It said, I've, I haven't used this product. <laughs> well, I saw that South Carolina grandma was on there saying, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Huh. Uh, right. All right. We... So, yeah. We'll have a link to that in the show notes so you can not buy it. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Oh, Lord. All right, let's move on to housekeeping. Um, check out our merch at thisshowhaseverything.com and click the shop button. Um, send us a, uh, a little rating and, uh, and write us a review on your podcatcher of choice. Give us five stars and write whatever you want. Um, and then uh, please remember to use that Amazon link. Don't buy the shower liner, but use the link to do your other shopping and we'll get a few pennies from your purchase. And we always appreciate that. You can also just add that link to your uh, phone's home screen, which makes it super easy or your browser, whatever, whatever you use. That's what I do. All right. Here's how to get involved. Uh, this show has everything.com. Throwyourphone.com. Our Facebook group is very active and we, that question will be up. Uh, your favorites. Um, New England movies outside of Boston. Our show Twitter is at Tishi Show. Email us at Tishi at 10710.com. Send us a voice memo. We will play it. Uh, and the worse it is, probably the more likely we will uh, <laughs> play it because that's more fun. Fax us at uh, 617-354-8513. That would be a butt or a crude outline of anything that you want. What was the fellow's name? Michael. Was nice yeah. Yeah. Anything you want, uh, Michael, to to write an estimate on? I want to get some estimates. I, you know, I'll stand, if oh. somebody sends us a diagram or a drawing of some kind, I will make sure it gets back to Michael. Yeah. 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 Or make your dreams come true. I already sent him my my pee patrol idea, oh, yeah. but I haven't heard back. So I don't know if we can diecast that. It just seems like a lot. Um, anyway, uh, thanks for joining us on this very busy Saturday morning. Uh, and I think that was everything. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body liner. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body liner. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. My girl's name is Sonora. I tell you, friends, I adore her. And when she dances, oh, brother, she's a hurricane in all kinds of weather. Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body on time. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Whoop. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Work, 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 Sinora, work your body line. Work, 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 Sinora, work it all the time. You can talk about cha-cha, tango waltz or the rumba. Sinora's dance has no title. You jump in the saddle, hold on to the bridle. Jump in the line, rock your body on time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body, rock your body, child. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Somebody help me! Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Whoop. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Whoop, whoop, whoop.
work it all the time. See Nora, she's a sensation, the reason for aviation. And fellas, you got to watch it. When she wind up, she bottom, she go like a rocket. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. High star skirts a little higher. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Off the chimney. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Sensation, she go up in the air, come down in slow motion. Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body in time. Somebody help me! Jump in the line, rock your body in time. Okay, I believe you jump in the line, rock your body in time. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake your body line. Shake, 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 Sinora, shake it all the time. Littering and uh, and uh, littering and, and littering and uh, littering and uh, littering and littering and smoking the reefer. Oh.